everyone, welcome to the 76th, you try saying that five times fast, the 76th, gosh, it's the one after 75, and we're keeping all that, the number 76 episodes of the Socially Distanced Podcast. My name is Bill Bodkin. No, I am not drunk. I am just so tired, and I can't pronounce numbers because math is not my strong suit. That's why I'm a journalist. This is the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast at thepopbreak.com. Like I said, I'm Bill Bodkin. I am your host, flying solo today because, once again, Al Manorino has um, gone to have fun. In all reality, if you listened last week, Ryan DeMarco, our guest, is getting married today. This is the day, Friday, that this podcast drops. He's in the wedding party, as is our editor, Lucas. So I hope someone edits this podcast. Uh, hopefully not. Don't need any. But yes, I am very tired, but I'm going to try and keep things super efficient. We're up top. We're going to plug our social media. Uh, so I am at Bodkin Rights, W-R-I-T-E-S, if you must follow me, because why not? Um I am joined, as the last time Al was not here, by two very, very special guests who know all about what if. First off, to my uh, podcast screen left, by the way, happy National Podcast Day. He is an OG member of the Bob Culture Podcast family. He is a senior writer on thepopbreak.com. You've seen him write about such things as NXT and now NXT 2.0, which is the only thing good there is Rick Steiner's son, which is a weird reference no one on a what if show is going to get. Um, <laughs> he is also writing about Vice's Dark Side of the Ring. You've seen him write about all sorts of stuff on the poprate.com, including his excellent interviews with the cast of Stars series Heels, the big cat, Matt Wittes. What's going on, buddy? Greetings, salutations, fellow nerdlingers. Now we yeah, doing I said I was going to keep it tight. This intro has been a goddamn disaster, and I love it. <laughs> and I am joined by one of the longest running staff members in Pop Break history. Yes, we just celebrated our 12-year anniversary only a few days ago. I've known him for a very long time. He once took a really awkward picture with Randy Orton uh, for the WWE yeah. <laughs> magazine. Uh, he yeah. is also the writer of such things recently. You'll see him. He's pretty much really prolific this week, writing about Image Comics, Radiant Black, and the new Blue and Gold series on DC. He is a Transformer loving son of a bitch who will be hosting a podcast called Wrestling with Mental Health real soon because he didn't do it last time when I said it was going to happen. <laughs> he is Michael Dworkis. What's going on, pal? What's up? What is going on, folks? This has been one topsy turvy week, if I may say. Oh, good gravy has it ever. And I just felt like my mom there for a second calling it good <laughs> gravy. Of, speaking of gravy, which has nothing analogous to this episode, we are back after a one week hiatus talking about what if. Now, we're going to. Now, I did say last week we were going to talk about uh, episode seven What If Thor Were an Only Child? But due to time constraints and the fact these guys were kind enough to join me at the last second, because uh, I am a terrible planner. We are going to be talking about what looks to be the penultimate episode of this series, What If Ultron Won? Now, uh, this is the part of the podcast where I quote from Wikipedia what exactly the episode is about. Ultron, having taken the Mind Stone and Vision's vibranium body, has defeated the Avengers and launched a global nuclear holocaust killing most of humanity. Thanos appears on Earth to complete the Infinity Gauntlet, but Ultron bisects him, taking his five Infinity Stones and uses all six stones to create a massive drone army and eradicate all life throughout the universe. 
survivors Clint Barton and Natasha Romanoff find a copy of Arnon Zola's consciousness in Russia and try to upload it into Ultron's mind to destroy it. Barton sacrifices himself to allow Romanoff and Zola, now in the body of an Ultron clone, to escape. However, the upload fails because Ultron's main body is no longer in their universe, as he has discovered the existence of the multiverse. Ultron attacks the Watcher in his observatory, battling him across the multiverse and eventually gaining the upper hand. As Ultron prepares to invade and eradicate countless universes, the Watcher flees and reluctantly asks Strange Supreme for his help. Thank you. And I was just delivered candy from my daughter. Thank you. Awesome. That is a that is a good present. Gentlemen, uh, what did we think about this episode um, and the concept of Ultron winning? And I'm going to start, Matt, I know you and Mike, you both you might know this answer, too. Was this an original comic adaptation or was this something brand new from the creators of the series? Uh, no, this is a. Uh this is based off, you know, the MCU storyline, uh, Avengers two age of Ultron. And I mean, there's probably been at least a dozen of, you know, post-apocalyptic tales from the what if comics where this villain or that villain, probably Ultron has been one of them, but no, it's, uh, this, this is a very, very intriguing storyline they got to. And, uh, we're not talking about, the uh, the Thor episode, but this ties into the very last scene of that episode because that's when we see this this Infinitron, this uh, Vision Ultron Thanos hybrid, and when that episode, you know, oh, that's the story. Tell me that story. Well, now they are. Yes, they are. Mike, have you ever wondered what if Ultron won? And did this live up to your expectations if you did think that? Um, I mean, they, they took it and dialed it up to 11 very, very quickly. Um, well, I believe they end, I, I believe in the credits they called it, uh, they called him Ultravision, uh, which is it's a little corny of a name, Ultron and Vision together. But you know what? It makes sense. He's, you know, he finally got Vision's body, which was the ultimate plan in uh, the Age of Ultron movie. But fast tracking right away to grabbing all the Infinity Stones was... A bit of a shock, but with the time constraints that they have, and I believe I believe is what there's only one or two episodes left. The season, con- left. season concludes next week. Right. So the the one the one negative is just that they fast track this, you know, like uh, like Matt was saying, just at the end of the previous episode with him showing up on a uh, Party Thor's uh, universe, and we really didn't get to see anything that would indicate this was going to happen. Um, this is not a version of Ultron that I recall seeing in comics. I know there was a brief what if series for Age of Ultron, but I don't recall the Infinity Stones playing a, uh, a, a major factor um, in that storyline, but I could be wrong. Um, you know, it was interesting having him pretty much axe Thanos within seconds. Um, that was a shock. And I thought, you know what, if they're going to make Ultravision the big bad of uh, the series, you're going to have to dispose of Thanos in some way. Like you have to show that he is superior to Thanos. And from then on, he just w- laid waste to everybody out there. I mean, th- it was a great reference in the episode where uh, Romanoff uh, said Skynet right in the episode. Yeah, they, there's a lot of pop culture yeah. references in this one. Oh, Raider, yeah. Raiders mm-hmm. being one of them. I, uh, it's very interesting that Thanos has been such a device in what if, 
you know, obviously we see him in the T'Challa Star Star Lord mm-hmm. one, where he's basically like this fun loving part of the gang. We see him as the zombie version, uh, you know, evading Wakanda, and now showing up and literally getting getting cut in half, which is a very visceral, violent thing for a Disney Plus show. I gotta yeah. say, oh yeah, not for me personally. I literally just watched Midnight Mass from Mike Flanagan. There's way worse than that. Great show, um, but for a Disney Plus animated series, holy shit, that was that, that's intense. But it's funny that they've played with Thanos like this. Um, what did you guys think? And I'll, I'm gonna actually preface this, and Michael pop for this one is, what did you guys think of the fat of uh, Ultravision? taking over and destroying the various universes kind of reminded me of transformers the movie uh where unicron was just taking over. it really did because he was like that big planet he was like taking over so much and destroying all these planets and i was really hoping we'd get an orson welles vocal cameo but alas technology (laughs) and disney fails me once again um uh but yeah i thought that was really cool that we're seeing we saw them go to all these different planets. It was, wasn't was just, you know, Earth-based, especially when they destroyed Ego. I think that was the coolest one. That, that was sick. Consuming the planets. So uh, yeah. Matt, what did you think of this, of Ultravision's uh, very quick uh, conquering of the universe? Yeah, I mean, they when he took out Thanos quickly, I mean, that was, they did the Deus Ex Machina in, in the beginning instead of at the end, and they did it for the bad guy. Uh, and then he goes on this spree of this, he had conquered Earth, so now he's conquering more worlds now that he has this. Um, there's, there's the one scene where he's just kind of sitting there and you see like a robot have an existential crisis of, you know, Alexander wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. And then he gets the Infinity Stones and he's taken everybody out. And then later on when He's just going to the other realities and doing it. Um, that, that was my favorite visual of the entire episode was when he's fighting the Watcher. And every time he hits, you see they're in a new reality. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what movie that's reminding me of. Uh, some time travel movie or something like that. Every time you get hit, you know, you're in, in a different world or the world changes. I, I, I always wanted to see The Matrix, but that's wrong. I also want to... But yeah, you're right. There, there was another movie not that long ago too, where every hit, like every scene, shifted to another reality. Man, it's I, you're right. There was something out there. I can't remember it offhand. Yeah, I'd say within. The, I think maybe what past three, four years. I feel like there was something really similar to that. Well, there's Westworld. I mean, they battled across multiple right. planes. Oh, that was cool. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Oh, that show. Oh, so many issues with that show. And so much I love and so much I hate about that show. Uh, the last season was pretty cool. I, I did like it. Um, now, let's talk about Ultron itself. Of course, this was not James Spader. This was Ross Marquand, who people, you might have heard the name before. He is in The Walking Dead. He, uh, he plays, uh, I believe, Aaron, and who has now has one arm. Uh, that show is coming to an end or has already come to the end and who cares uh but is a master impersonator uh, oh yes one thing uh if you did just go youtube ross marquand impersonations it's amazing he does one like have a, i mean not that this guy is very you know that people care about it, but kevin spacey 
like gets the mannerisms down. He gets a lot of people down real good. But one thing we, we had talked about in previous episodes on this podcast was like, for example, even though it's Benedict Cumberbatch, his vocal work on Stephen Strange was not great. Uh, but we get Ross Marquand in this role. James Spader made famous. Uh, Mike, what did you think of the vocal performance here? Did this hit for you, even though it wasn't the original guy? Because this has been a very hit or miss within the Marvel world. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it took a bit for me to get used to it because the thing was actually the beginning of the episode, they used they used the um, audio from Spader from Ultron when they were re, when they were going through those original um, uh, scenes through Age of Ultron. And then obviously once it deviated into the what if that's when uh, Marquand came in. So noticing that shift in the voice threw me off a bit and I, I had to get used to it. But by once you see, you know, once you really got the feel of this version of Ultron or Ultravision, it, I felt like it fit the character later on once the uh, stakes uh, became higher. You could say, I, 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 I didn't mind it. You could say the shift makes sense because we never saw Ultron go into the vision body. Right. And imagine but, if he went to the vision body, this could have been his voice because now we are, we are dealing with a completely different character. Matt, your thoughts on Ross Marquand's uh, uh, vocal performance? Uh, I think he did a phenomenal job. And it was important because he wasn't mimicking Paul Bettany as Vision. He wasn't mimicking James Spader uh, with or without that you know, voice filter for Ultron. Either way, he was just, this is who this character is. He was doing the voice. Um, he does a great job in just about everything he does. Um, and, and I'll subplug your YouTube recommendation. Look up Ross Marquand micro impressions, and I you will laugh your ass off for a second of it and a half of him pretending to be James Gandolfini with a hair stuck in his mouth, and he nails it. And you're laughing for another three minutes straight while the other ones you got to rewind to go watch everything else. I thought I thought the micro impressions would be he was doing all his impressions, but as the micro machine guy. I bet a reference you only the oldies. This is the oldies podcast. That we will all get that reference. People in their 20s will be like, what the hell are micro machines? Uh, one thing, um, we also got a heavy involvement, finally, finally, of The Watcher. Oh, yeah. The Watcher, obviously, you know, we saw the first time we saw him recognized, I believe, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, is during the Doctor Strange episode mm-hmm. where he can yep. hear the watcher talking we had a similar uh similar vibe here where he's talking and like talking in the background and ultron's like i can hear you and he's narrating the fact that ultron yeah. can now he's hear him, hear him which was wild but what did you guys think like the first time we were he's getting close is during that indiana jones uh file cabinet scene which was played for comedy which is the first time we've really seen the watcher play anything for comedy outside of being yeah. a narrator did you guys like that? I was, I'm a little on the fence about it. I don't know if I loved it because it was like, it was a little goofy for me. And I was just like, and I love Jeffrey Wright. He's the best. I can't wait for this commissioner Gordon crime drama. He's going to be the head of on HBO. It's going to be phenomenal. Jeffrey Wright and HBO is just cash money. Uh, not the cash money millionaires, unfortunately. Um, I was thinking no limit soldiers. Sorry. Um, different podcast for a different day uh it's when mike matt and i do our end of wcw uh podcast uh but he's being trying to be funny i don't know if that that didn't work for me it didn't work it didn't fit 
What about you guys? This comedic moment where we see the watcher almost get involved. It, oh, it, 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 it threw me off at first because it was something completely unexpected. But if you see, like, even again, not getting in deep into last episode, but we started seeing it in previous episodes where that stoic demeanor started to crack, almost like with, with the end of each universe, with the, some cataclysmic event. Maybe that despair led to some twisted sense of humor to a point where now he's in yet another universe, very similar to the uh, Priya character from DC having to witness universe after universe just completely become annihilated and now he's at a point like you know hawkeye is right there and he's just it's it's like throwing your arms up and saying are you kidding me open the damn box how are you missing the damn box and it's almost it's almost fourth wall breaking within that universe that's how i felt about it and I'm, i'm gonna admit i laughed my ass off I thought it was hysterical to see. It was like breaking character to me. It was breaking his own character, and I thought it was fantastic. I like how you also, I, I like how you dad censored yourself from dropping an F bomb. That was really clever. I like it. I never know if my kids are still behind I, listen, if they're not I, if they're I, not I, sleeping. And I don't know if you know maybe Sophie was running around or something. Uh, she's heard me swear way too much. I'm a good dad, oh, okay. not in All regards right. to that. Um, <laughs> Matt, you've sworn in front of your children before. Oh, how, do you, yeah. how do you feel? How do you feel about that uh, that part of the episode? <laughs> now that part of the episode, I'm. It, the part where in their warehouse, yeah, I mean, uh, that made a lot more sense in the narrative. It's like, here is now. Now he's already found out that Ultron can hear him. Now he's vested interest, and now he's not just the observer. Now he's he's got some skin in the game, and he's got anxiety watching this. Like, I'm not supposed to help you, but it, right over there, right, right there. and nudge the box, nudge it over. Come on. If anything, I think when he. You know, when he has that first kind of contact or interaction with Ultron and he steps back and he literally says, but but what the hell was that? That was a I like that part, yeah. out of yeah. character uh, as far as the scene goes. That that was the more you like it or you don't. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, I think what they're saying is that there's no rules now. There's no rules yep. to what, what if is. One thing that kind of I watched and I was like, I don't understand how this plan is going to work is the subplot of Hawkeye and uh, and Natasha trying to upload Armin Zola's consciousness into Ultron. Armin Zola is a Hydra Hydra agent who is a known liar. (laughs) Why? Why is this your plan? is my question it's just like let's it's not like they're putting um you know stanley tucci's character whose name escapes me from captain america up they're not uploading what was that dr erskine they're not putting erskine's you know who we saw in this series we're not putting his consciousness into ultron we're getting known liar armin zola why don't you just put zemo in let's just do that you know it's like I don't, why is this the plan? We could see Ultron dance. That would be great. That, I mean, listen, that would be great. Mass robots dancing in the streets. I'd, I'd, I'd pay for that. Listen, that's what we got Ironheart for or Armor Wars, whenever that's coming. Today. We're going to have mass like line dancing from robots. Right. But <laughs> it worked in Independence Day. It'll work here. Right. I mean, it always comes to some sort of virus, the Trojan horse. Yeah, I don't get 
why this was the plan, guys. Like, was this a good idea? Am I taking crazy pills and don't get it? Like, it's it's the devil you know. It's the devil you know plan. Yeah. But he's going to screw you guys. That's what he does. (laughs) Yeah, it it beats the blank. It beats the destroy all life and all multiverses Mm -hmm. kind of uh, thing. I guess, yeah, he, like, Zola's not going to destroy the world. He just wants to rule it, so you kind of know how he's going to act, I guess. He, he really wasn't all that into ruling it either. He was the toady. I mean, yeah. I, I don't well, think he had a plan. I think he was just happy living there as data tape. Weird. That was a weird... That's a, it was, that whole plot was a weird flex for me. And, of course, we see Clint Barton, very tired Jeremy Renner, who is just counting the days until the Hawkeye premiere this november um uh, he and yeah. him and his winter soldier arm uh he sacrifices himself yeah. to allow the lake bell voiced as uh black widow i was gonna call her scarlet witch uh black widow to you know run with half-bodied c-3po from empire strikes back zola <laughs> uh, to somewhere uh but I just really was confused by the Zola thing. I'm like, it, it, just explain this to me, guys, because this ain't this ain't working for me. But we see the Watcher like cuts. I'm going to jump around the Watcher and Ultron fight, and I gotta say, I remember the Watcher from the comics. Not like I read a ton of comics he was involved in, but I remember him from the comics. I loved everything the Watcher did, where he was like. Can throw up a shield. He's got his own little mini infinity gauntlet going on there. No jewels, but you know, he's got the gold glove. Um, and he's a badass character. And yeah. I'm hoping, my hope is, and I don't know if you guys agree with this or not, we get this character more with Eternals coming in the new phase. Like we've talked about throughout the podcast, what's going to carry over. I want the watcher to carry over, especially if this is going to be, I don't know if Jeffrey Wright would play the character, but. If it's a CG character, just have Jeffrey Wright voice this character. Oh. It'd be it'd be Chef's Kiss. Uh, what did you guys think about the Watcher in action, Matt? Go start with you. Uh, again, I that was one of my favorite scenes where they're actually in combat, and you know they're they're fighting through the multiverse, crashing through these dimensional prisms, and ending up in another universe. Um, yeah, I like I said we. It seems like what if is almost uh, between that and Loki. They're kind of forming the basis to you know get us used to the idea of a multiverse and what the next phase of the movies is going to be. And I would love to see Jeffrey Wright. And uh, yeah, I think this might be the uh, yeah, the first one that jumps from one of the shows into the movies instead of the other way around. And this is a great novel way to introduce the character. Mike, what about your thoughts on uh, the Watcher? Yeah, I, that that scene where Watcher essentially armors up and starts taking the fight to uh, Ultra Vision, I, the whole thing was awesome. I and mean, like Matt said, like just shattering through each universe, just it, I mean, to use the phrase, it will li- it literally cracked the ceiling. You know, it shattered the glass ceiling, and now they're just busting through everything. And to have the Watcher appear in future MCU, whether it's TV shows, even in the movies. I would love to see that because they've taken a character who, for those who know comics, he was he was pretty much you know stand back and watch. Yes, there have been plenty of issues in comics where he would get involved, he would break his oath, he would break that sacred vow, he would become involved, he would assemble teams of his own. I mean, 
you could go back and look at Secret War, Secret, uh, uh, yeah, Secret um, War series. Um, he would break his uh, his oath of uh, non-involvement, and I think that's what's happening here. This was his wake-up call, saying, "Hey, he he needs help." He reached out to uh, sorcerer, evil sorcerer supreme, right. and he's getting help now. We know what's happening next. He's gonna he's gonna team up with Doctor Strange and put together their own quote unquote Avengers unit to, to strike back against Ultravision. And for Watcher to continue on, I think has to happen. You can't have the Watcher suddenly say, "Okay, that's it. I'm gonna go back and watch things because that's it. No way. His his days of sen- sitting back and observing are over. He was outright attacked. For, you know, Ultravision made the first strike. Watcher's on the defensive. He can't fade in, back in uh, into the sunset now. He's he's got to be part of the cast. This has to be the 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 scene what we saw in the trailer early on, where we see Captain Carter, where we see uh, Gamora, where we see Thor, when we see a lot of these. Uh, I think T'Challa is in there as well as Star Lord. Mm-hmm. I think he, he we're going to see. This is how I think. This is how what ifs going to all tie together. We're going to see they're going to cherry pick from the different seasons or sorry episodes i should say and that's going to be his avengers team for sure yeah. um so what do what do we I, like because again we're just talking about this one episode so what do you guys want in that final episode it according to wikipedia uh and we know that can all that sometimes can be wrong uh there is a second nine season episode expected to premiere for what if I'm just going to Google this real quick to see if I can back it up with some actual sources. Um, uh, I might not be able to. Um, nope, I can't do that. So um, I believe when it was, when What If was first announced, it was announced way back when that there was going to be two seasons. Like that was... Again, yeah, they're saying it, we could see it early next year. Um so let's base the fact that that's going to happen. What do you guys want to see? Do you want a conclusive ending to a series that ends in a question mark? Or do you want it to give us an open-ended ending so we can slowly drift into the ether of season two? <laughs> Mike, I'll start with you. I want it open-ended. I, you know, there, There'll probably be some closure to some of the storyline. There'll probably be closure to Ultravision. They'll be eaten by but, zombies. That's what's going to happen. Right, something like something like that. Something crazy, but you know they ha- they have to leave it open ended. I mean, that's what the MCU does best. They leave things open to drive fans crazy to think what's going to happen next to make the next big bold prediction. I mean, you said it before everything's steering towards multiverse, multiple realities, multiple universes. We had it at the end of WandaVision was that final credit scene. Wanda's you know. She, you can see she's pickpocketing through uh, other universes to find her kid. We, we're now seeing it with Loki, with the TVA. We know um, Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness, which the title was dropped in the first or second episode of What If. Uh, Peter, uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home, uh, Ant-Man, Quantumania. I mean, the next couple of years is completely set up for so many crazy realities. And I mean, we said in a previous podcast that would it be great to have uh, evil Hank Pym show up at some point? Oh, mustache twirling Michael Douglas. I just put it in my veins. That's <laughs> what I do want. It. Let's do it. And, and, and last time I was on with the, with the Doctor Strange episode, I, I made the prediction that evil Doctor Strange has to show up in either 
uh, No Way Home or The Multiverse of Madness. And I, after yesterday's episode, I was a little on the fence to see if that would still happen. Um, I'm thinking it's still going to happen. I'm still thinking that evil Doctor Strange at least has to appear. And that's the thing. Some of these characters don't have to be heavily featured, but we could just, you know, dip our toe into that pond of the multiverse, see him for all of 10 seconds, and be like, oh, okay, see you later. But just know, hey, he's still out there. I'm going to come back to that once Matt goes with his. All right, uh, first off, I am going to praise the Oracle of Bodkin because the last time I was on this show... Which I don't remember anything I predicted, <laughs> by the way. You, you were talking so about, much stuff happening in my life. It's more like you, you were questioning, like, okay, well, how are all these stories, like, intertwined? And there was no indication at the time in the show that they were ever going to intertwine. And here we are. Yeah, it's very obviously happening now. Uh, and in response to your question, I want to see... I want us to end with an open door where we can look out into a very busy backyard or a very busy, you know, street, you know, out in, out in front of us. Because I was going to say, I got a busy backyard. So (laughs) you you go in there and yeah, this ends. And instead of maybe opening for their showing us their season two, either showing us the season two or kind of showing us what to expect in the next couple of movies. That would yes. be cool. Yeah, you know, we, we open the door and we see, you know, another Doctor Strange talking to Spider-Man and maybe some other Spider-Man that's drawn to look more like Tobey Maguire and, you know, a Ant-Man and uh, the Wasp flying around doing something that we'll see in a trailer, you know, a month, nef- month or so from now, that sort of a thing. I um, when you said that, I just thought of immediately that Family Guy sketch, which I think I've already mentioned on this podcast, uh, of when it cuts to when it goes from the cartoon to real life, and it's Rob Lowe and Adam West. He's like, <laughs> "We got to get some sleep. We're big movie stars." And like, I would love <laughs> it. Cuts to like Benedict Cumberbatch talking to Tom Holland. Like, it just completely oh. breaks, and we just have a live action mm. thing like that, just shot like mm. very oddly. But uh, Mike. When you talked about Strange Supreme, which is kind of like the Crunch Rats, Crunch Rap Supreme, I'd screw that joke <laughs> up. Um, also, it's an Alex Zane finishing move, um, which again, three people will get. Um, I think that's how I think that's how we're going to end. Is it's going to take us to the multi? It's going to this is he's the character that runs away. He doesn't go back to his timeline because he has no timeline. He's destroyed his timeline. So for helping him. For helping the watcher, he allows him somewhere. And maybe that's with Tom Holland. Or maybe that's with Wanda. We now have two, we have two options for Strange. Or maybe it's an option we don't even know. That's the interesting part. Because everyone else, I think, will return to wherever they need to be. Um, but I think that it's Strange is going to be the one who is going to be the arbiter of chaos and I think that's how we're going to end this. So I, I'm, I, if that's how they end it, that's going to be very cool. But um, I'm going to give a shout out to a uh, former managing editor of the site and former guest on this podcast, Matt Kelly, who just is who's going to be posting on his YouTube page, uh, uh, Nando V Movies, 50 new episodes for What If. So we can be going in a whole different direction for What If. Maybe we're going to see some new ones because if you got to think of like what's coming with Marvel, We've got Moon Knight, 
Uh, we've got Werewolf by Night, I think, is going to be in one of the, um, I think it's in a Halloween special for next year. You're going to see some new characters. And there's also a lot of stuff you could do with secondary characters from films like Thor and whatnot that haven't really been explored. You can go back to Loki. You can go with Wanda. You could do a lot of stuff like to really supplement where these characters went. So let's talk about our overall rating of this episode. Of course, we rate the episodes on one to 10 question marks. So Matt, scale of one to 10 question marks. What do you rate this episode? And then give us your overall thoughts. This episode, I'm, I'm giving it between an eight and nine question marks. So an eight because, and a half. Because the best stories, uh, you know, no pun intended with our question marks here, is that the ones that have you asking, the ones that leave you with more questions and answers from last time. And this is, okay, we, we got a bunch of answers. What do they mean now? Where are we going to go? How are we going to tie this up? Like I said, it, is this going to set up the next couple of movies? Is it going to set up the next, uh, the next season? Um, like I said, that open door, do we open that door and see Multiverse of Madness? Or do we open that door and see cartoon versions or cel-shaded animation, rather, versions of maybe the Fantastic Four? Or we up an Eternals movie, too. Or, or yeah. Snicked. You know, hey, bub. We see that. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about Saturday it. night. I thought you'd meant Saturday night, Nick. Uh, oh. Nick. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't. When you said Snick, and I was like, "Are you afraid of the dark?" Man? <laughs> <laughs> but ah, uh, to see Wolverine, man, like ah, damn. Well, King Grandpierre, if that happened, he would shit his pants. I love that guy. He's been waiting. He thought mutants were totally going to happen in Wandavision. I I don't know if we see. There's talk about whether they're even going to call them mutant or not. I which, mean, why, why, why wouldn't you? But I know what. What are they? You know, what is it Trask? Is Trask running <laughs> the X Men development at this point? Come on, sounds a bit. Well, 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 which Trask? Or are we? Dun, dun, dun. Are, are we talking about uh, the Lannister Trask? Or are we talking about Mac from Predator Trask? I mean, there's two of them. I mean, I'd rather go with uh, Tyrion Lannister. He was pretty great. Yeah. Days yeah. of Futures Past, great X Men movie. It was a good. One. It was uh, okay. So you're giving an eight and a half. So yeah. Mike, scale one to ten question marks. Uh, your rating of the episode and your overall thoughts. Uh, I'm I'm giving this one an eight, uh, solid eight because the the story was solid. It had one specific direction and didn't deviate from it. It went full throttle. This is what's happening next. You better pay attention because the next, the following episode is where it all comes to an end. Um, and the reason why I didn't give it higher is because with the previous episodes, I was more intrigued by the mystery aspect, more intrigued by the story and getting invested in these characters who may or may not have been. So that's why this one, I didn't give anything higher than eight, but again, still overall enjoyed it. And to Matt's point also with, you know, hey, why not the Fantastic Four? There was one scene where I jumped out of my seat because I thought I saw a connection. There was the one scene when they were smashing through universes. And then suddenly, Ultra Vision was freaking gigantic a la Unicron. And it seemed like he was about to actually devour a planet. And that had Galactus written all over it. And, what, and that's the thing. Watcher... 
Galactus. Of course, we didn't see a Silver Surfer, but those two characters are always so featured prominently in Fantastic Four comics. I mean, that, that was, I be, if I'm correct, I believe Galactus, oh, yeah. Galactus and the Watcher were both first appearances in Fantastic Four comics. Yeah. And I'm thinking they had like, if, if that isn't a big enough tease that the Fantastic Four will eventually show up, I don't know what else they could throw at us that's going to say, okay, here we are. We got our Fantastic Four. I don't know what possibly else they could do. We thought that was going to happen in WandaVision so hard. Yeah. And what if actually piggybacks upon a tradition with the Watcher? Because the first time we see the Watcher, he shows up and says, I'm the Watcher. I'm not, I'm forbidden to interfere. Mm-hmm. But I'm interfering now. Yep. <laughs> Hold on. on. Exactly. I am the Watcher. I'm going to show you everything. My job is to observe and to, oh, God, he can hear me. <laughs> it's like oh shit i was waiting for i mean like, we cut we cut thanos in half so i was waiting for the watcher to be like oh shit he can see me. i also it was really neat that again he one shots thanos with the one gem takes the other five he's got everything and he has more of a knockdown drag out fight with the watcher and with and captain, captain marvel. And, uh, and captain marvel for sure the captain yeah. marvel fight that was that was crazy that was uh as a comic book fan, people who uh, watched, I think it was one of the last uh, crises, um, well, the one last crisis that I read, you've got, you know, a couple of Supermans fighting uh, Superboy mm. Prime and yeah. they, they drag him into the middle of a planet to the molten core. That's the same thing that happened here. That's it's like an epic God tier fight. And yeah, because we've always heard Carol Danvers, like the most powerful person mm. in, in the Marvel yeah. universe, but we never really see it because how do you show that? They showed it to us this time. Uh, just, where's Adam Warlock when I need him? Mm-hmm. That's my question, guys. Uh, never going to see him. There, like I mean, him it, it, and Longshot, never going to see him. <laughs> <laughs> What's your mutant power? I'm lucky. <laughs> uh, maybe this is where... Uh, Ch- you know, I'm missing a finger. <laughs> yeah, I got three fingers. Uh, this is where Channing Tatum's uh, gambit's going to appear for the first time. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, shit, if that happened. I'd love it. <laughs> um, for me, I'm going to give this uh, seven and a half out of uh, ten question marks. Like I said, the uh, Zola thing kind of was like, I don't really like this. It didn't make a hell of a lot of sense. Um, but I did like I did like the episode a lot. I, I mean, listen, if we get more Jeffrey Wright saying, what the hell is this? You know, I'm I, I'm all for it. I love what they did with Thanos. I love the Unicron homage, whether intentional or not. To uh, Ultra Vision, you know, destroying the universe and taking over all these planets. Um, and I like this was the setup episode. This is really this was a really good setup episode for what's going to be like you know the watchers avengers he's so which i'm going to predict is going to be like nick fury party thor um t'challa star lord you know captain captain, was that captain carter captain carter yeah so we're gonna see that i mean i just part of me just wants to keep seeing party thor like <laughs> just like bro thor that may be great that's what they should call him they should just call him bro thor uh because that's what he is but yeah this is a good episode uh, I liked the, what we saw with the Watcher, but this is this is the setup to what's probably going to be a, a, a fantastic finale. Um, so we got a couple minutes. So guys, uh, 
this is a section we usually, you know, if we have time, we like to just throw out some pop culture recommendations for people to check out. For me, I'm going to go real quick. Uh, I talked about this on uh, the uh, TV break podcast, which will be coming out in a week or so, but I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass, the new series from the creator of The Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Bly Manor, Dr. Sleep, Gerald's Game. One of the uh, one of the best, I think, horror writers out there right now because he's able to take someone who doesn't like horror, this guy, and able to fully invest in this series because he tackles such real life issues, especially in this one, about Catholicism, the existence of God, the afterlife, the plight of the American worker, racism, addiction, recovery, trauma, and also make it fucking incredibly scary, <laughs> like to the point where like, God, this is frightening, and then employs a classic horror uh, I'll just use it for lack of a better word, trope uh, or archetype, and which should be completely silly and ridiculous and make it into something that makes complete and utter sense. Uh, the dialogue in this is like literally just the characters are reciting monologues and it's it's never preachy. It, the performances are brilliant. Um, Hamish Linklater, who was in Legion, is one of the stars. It was amazing in it. It's a seven episode series. Highly recommend it. You'll burn through it real quick. It's a heavy show. It's a scary show. It's a wildly engrossing show. So check it out. It's streaming on Netflix right now. Uh, Midnight Mass. And if that's too heavy for you, Great British Break Off every Friday. So uh, Matt, any uh, pop culture recommendations? And give us your social media handle while you're at it. Uh, social media handle is uh, A Anti Smart. That's Anti Smart with two A's on Twitter where I mostly uh, compare classic professional wrestling with uh, this newfangled stuff that uh, makes angry Kentucky man cry. Yeah, uh, I, I've seen you, you kind of like it. <laughs> oh, I certainly do. Uh, yeah. And uh, my recommendations, if you're going to be out watching anything right now, uh, we are now a couple of uh, episodes. I think we're getting towards the end of the season uh, for this new season of Stargirl on uh on cw and on hbo max um i'm not a fan of a lot of what uh cw's done with dc properties but this one hits for me uh, i think it's the best one that's been done and uh the three of us don't need to be told but anybody out there if you like professional wrestling or if you're interested in professional wrestling you're not really sure where to start the two most exciting, most interesting shows going on right now, AEW Rampage on Friday nights and NXT on Tuesday nights. Both of them are just trying new and weird experimental stuff. Every episode, you don't know what you're going to get. If you haven't watched it since you were a kid or you never did and you don't want to, this is your, this is your, that's your litmus test. <laughs> Go watch those and see what you can get out of it. I just want Braun Breaker to be Rex Steiner. That's all I want in life. Oh, right that's, all that's what everyone wants. Oh, it's, it's so ridiculous that he is. I, I've already written a way to make it happen in my head. Yeah. When he goes they, to AEW and says, why do they give me a stupid-ass <laughs> name? No, my, my thing was, you know, he gets closer and closer to the title picture, and Tommaso Ciampa calls him out. He's like, why are you what are you trying to hide do you think we don't know who you are god i just said i i almost murdered you with give you a heart attack when i said put him in chad gable make him a tag team and you were like oh. you're like <laughs> oh my god this is the greatest day of my life um mike 
pop culture uh, recommendations for the, man, for the group. I, I mean, I, I got, I mean, I got to compliment Matt on that description of AEW and NXT. I mean, for, I mean, Bill, you know, for a long time, I was fading on wrestling, but once AEW came around, I felt like a kid again. I was back in high school watching some goddamn awesome wrestling. And I mean, NXT, I always love watching their takeovers, but man, when AEW came around, I, I, I jumped, I, I could not resist uh, the, the lure of t- tuning into wrestling on TNT again. Yeah. Um, and Mike and I will be uh, podcasting about the two year anniversary of, mm-hmm. um, of uh dynamite and just announced for you guys i'm just gonna let you know mick foley announced for gcw in atlantic city next weekend oh okay. that is that is on point that's, that's gonna be that's gonna be that is... nothing for you guys it's all for, for us that's fine <laughs> yeah. uh man some good recommendations well in, in the comic comic book realm you mentioned uh booster gold and blue beetle they have the blue and gold comic unfortunately it's been heavily delayed by dc with uh shipping delays so only the first two issues have come out. Issue three has yet again been pushed off. So uh, if you haven't read uh, Blue and Gold, you can still catch up on the first two issues. Uh, really harkens back to really just the over-the-top hijinks of Justice League International during the uh, 80s and 90s. So it, it's a lot of fun. It, it brings that back with the modern twist to it. Uh, so that's one comic book I can recommend. A uh, new release from IDW, Scarned Hood, in uh, trade paperback by Nick Rock and Chris O'Halloran. Uh, it's a story where I think uh, parents can appreciate dropping off kids at daycare, changing diapers, preparing lunches. But then when the parents are home, they're out uh, in a horror story investigating some supernatural phenomenon. And it's a good read. I definitely, re- if you haven't picked up the single issues, I definitely recommend the trade. And my final recommendation for all of you who may have just, you know, dabbled in anime but never really took the dive with the live action Cowboy Bebop nearing ever closer, go back, watch the anime, 26 episodes. If you haven't seen it and you have a slight interest, go for it. I believe Netflix is releasing the 26 animated episodes, I believe tomorrow, I believe October 1st. They are putting all the, uh, I, I believe they're putting the entire series on uh, for streaming. If it's not uh, October 1st, maybe it's uh, the following week, but it's all to lead up to the live action Cowboy Bebop show, which after watching the opening credit, I am salivating. Dude, I've never seen it. And if it goes on Netflix, I'm going to watch the whole thing beforehand. Do it. Do it, man. Excellent. Now, of course, guys, check out the poprick.com every single day. We just turned 12. I've been the maniac running the site for the last 12 years. Lost so much money, but it's worth every penny I've lost. <laughs> uh, you know, we've made great friends. We've written great stories. We've done cool things. So go check out the poprick.com uh, at the poprick on Twitter, forward slash poprick.com, all spelled on Facebook, at the poprick on Instagram. Great new photos up there from all the fests we've been shooting. Uh, and uh, check out all our podcasts Apple, Google, Anchor, Spotify, The Breakcast, Pop Break TV, and The Winner Still Is, and The Way Too Early Oscar Podcast, of course, and The Socially Distanced Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. So, for Mike and for Matt, this is Bill Bodkin saying we will see you next week for the conclusion of What If.